Welcome to Shane East Meets, which is a special series from the Audiobook Loving Podcast, where I, Shane East, get to meet some of your favorite people from the romance arena of audiobooks. We hope you love this episode, and of course, the Audiobook Loving Podcast is brought to you by Viviana Enchantress of Books. So hello and welcome to the second ever Shane East Meets. Um, I am here with Ava Harrison, the USA Today best-selling author, also known as, as she told me, Kick-Ass Ava, or <laughs> Kick-Ass Ava, depends how you want to go with that, or in my opinion, uh, a fun boozing partner. Um, I, so hello. I like fun boozing partner. Hello. <laughs> Hi, hello, fun boozing partner. How are you? It sounds like you've been boozing <laughs> recently. You told me your voice has gone up the wall. So it's funny because I think the worst thing that could probably happen to you before scheduling a podcast with Shane East mm. is that you would catch a bout of laryngitis. Mm. And so that's what happened to me. <laughs> However, my good friends, authors uh, Lee Shen and Parker S. Huntington told me it actually works better this way because now I have a sexy raspy voice to go with the whole persona of writing I... romance novels. So I'm, I'm going to use that as like... I have sexy, raspy voice. You do have. I, I, I would concur with that. <laughs> it's true. Cause there's, and there's always, when we get laryngitis or some sort of sore throat, there's always a point of like, oh, I can't work. This sounds dreadful. And then you come at, start to come out of it and you're like, oh, actually, I <laughs> should probably really do a couple well. of jobs in this zone uh, quickly uh, while it still sounds uh, all bassy and raspy. And it goes with your picture. I'm looking... Um, no You're looking at my sexy listening. Raspy yeah, we discussed voice. this before we started recording, but Ava, everyone probably knows this, but it's your social media, isn't it? Isn't it all yes. your kind of your main picture with the, the finger, not in the mouth, because that makes it sound a little crazy, but it's kind of on the lips and a very... It's my sexy, pensive, raspy voice. Persona. Yeah, it goes great with how you sound today. So if you don't know what that picture is, just Google it and look it up. You'll, you'll know there's a very knowing look in the eye <laughs> there's she yeah, has a lot going on <laughs> underneath it so anyway it's great um so how are you otherwise i am not hungover by the way i'm not too bad. that's funny because i literally just um messaged my two friends and i told them that i had this today and that i'm pretty sure shane might be hungover but i sound like i'm like a phone sex operator and <laughs> They responded back, my friend Lee, I, I think you know, LJ Shen, uh -huh. told me to drink a teaspoon of coconut oil. So I, you know, grasping at straws, I did. And it was after I gagged on the phone with Parker S. Huntington, who's the other author I was telling you about, I was let on in the fact that it was one big punked moment that it in <laughs> fact was not a remedy. So uh, I'm doing great. I got punks. I have no voice. <laughs> you, you downed a teaspoon or a tablespoon of fat, a basically. Turns out the punk went wrong because I Googled it after the fact. Probably should have done it first. And it actually is a known cure for um, a, a raspy throat. So oh. see, she see? tried to... Uh, you know, pull one over on me, but it all worked out in the end. <laughs> she, yeah, she doesn't even know. So here's to you, LJ Shen. Thanks for that. Um, so I, yeah, we were saying that I might be hungover. That's why we did this a bit later because I had a Christmas thing to go to, <laughs> but I kept calm. I was, I had a little bit of a heavy head this morning, but it wasn't terrible. I've kind of learned as time's gone on, as the years have gone by <laughs> from my early youth that it doesn't pay. To, uh, no, it uh, never does. <laughs> no. It, it sounds fun at the time, right? Like one, mm. one more, one more, one more. But the older <laughs> you get, the harder it is to recoup the next day. Although when I first met you, that's how that's how I associate I associate you with uh, drinking. Uh, yes, most <laughs> people do. I, I I like a glass of champagne often, and so most people associate me with a glass of champagne. It probably yeah. doesn't help that I post every time I drink one on social media, on Instagram. And so like, I think everybody thinks I'm a lush at this point. I'm not, I only drink on the weekends, but I, I do, uh, so people do associate me with that. Well, yeah, you said you, me and Andy came to join your table at Rare. And we, I think you were the only one who 
got us a drink actually no offense to anyone else we didn't expect any um <laughs> before i sound like an ungrateful asshole um you were just like do you want champagne i was like oh yeah why not and then bless your husband off he off he went and uh came back he's, with a glass of champagne for everyone he is a really great guy you know it's funny we were i was talking to a bunch of authors about all the things that their husbands you know some husbands uh you know stopped working and they start working on their ads and it's like you know all the things and i was like oh no my husband doesn't do that but my husband buys me booze at signings and i really think that's priceless <laughs> i <laughs> well, think I that's in, priceless i do i was impressed and there was a few i don't know if there was a few others i think i've met a few other husbands at signings but i'm always intrigued as to like what they think like what does your fella think about the whole thing and going there and kind of i guess effectively being he's mr ava harrison right so you know it's funny i for the first few years i never did signings i actually didn't even have pictures of myself up mm. and then um one day i did i just was like you know what screw it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go in. i think it's like you too right you didn't have a picture of yourself for a really long time so it's kind of like you're gonna go all in and yeah. if you, once you post that picture and you go all in you just decide to go to signings right because mm -hmm. you're out there and so for years, Although Louise I Bay any... doesn't, I will say that she goes to sign. That is true. Picture. That is true. She's really good about not having little, them publicly posted. Little Miss Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. That's what I Yeah, so he came with me to my first signing, right? And so I truly believe it's, you know, we work in this very like secluded world where it's me in my house with my computer and my dog and I write a book and then I send it to my editors and I send it to my narrators and that's it, right? And so Eric only sees that when he's you know at home with me. And so he went to the signing with me and he was like, wow, people read your books. Mm. And I was like, oh, interesting. So this whole time I think he thought I was just writing and putting it out there and no one was reading it. And he, that, thought it was amazing, right? He was, it was, it changed the whole way he looked at the time when I'm writing now, right? Cause he now knows he's met readers. He knows they're excited about the books. Uh -huh. So he gets excited now. So it, it really, he loves going, he really does. And he, you know, he's so funny about it and he's so charismatic with the readers and talks, talks to them. So I actually love bringing him with me. Oh yeah, no, he was, he was great. I was like, very impressed and it was really it was a pleasure to meet him so you're saying that before that though he didn't have so much your guy your careers were i guess a bit more separated off right he yeah wasn't he so really involved in as, it or anything. as much as i wrote books i don't think he really really understood what i was doing i mean he knew i wrote books but it was very different you know it was i don't think he realized just like how the romance readers are just love the stories and i don't think he ever understood that and so when he came and saw them talking about the plots mm -hmm. and the twist and i can't believe you did this to that character and he was like wow they're really invested and i'm like and this is why i'm invested i don't know if i'd be as invested as if, if it's like almost like we work together the readers and the writers right they you know we build this world together mm. And he was able to see that when he came to the signing. Yeah. And how does he, <laughs> how did you, you were married before you, because you used to do something else. I know you used to have a marketing business and stuff, right? Yes. Before you then went full-time authoring. So I always wrote, I always wrote, right. But I never published. And so, yeah. you know, I'd always like, as since we were dating, even I would write these like, I'd literally get to like 20 pages of a book and then like just throw it away because it was so much work in my head. Like, what am I doing? And, it, you know, I didn't have a plan of action. And so I was in marketing in New York City and then I moved to Michigan to be with him. And then I opened my own marketing company um, with a friend. And, you know, I always wrote, but it, you know, it was, it was just not the same right until you decide to sit down and like stop and just yeah. write full time so it's either it's either balls in or not or whatever that expression is you know what it really is in this business especially like you know i'm a technically like a hybrid but mainly 90 percent of my work is indie published so it's i do everything right i do uh -huh. my marketing i i produce my own audio like it's you're either all in or I mean, that's how I, I truly believe it's like one of those all in 
type of businesses. I think, yeah, I think anything creative, or you have to reach a point. I mean, I think the same with a lot of actors. It's sort of, when I came here to LA, um, people thought I was a bit mad, but, because I'd never even been here. But I had also been working as an actor over in London, but then I had not really any contacts here. Um, and I just sort of came and, and just plonked myself down even though I actually didn't like it for the first four or five months, um, <laughs> but I had too much pride to go back home. Um, that Because of the sort of balls to the wall, all in, um, I was like, well, I have to make it happen. And so yeah, I think it does yeah. make you more aggressive, more looking out for opportunities. You're just more invested to kind of make it rather than just like, well, okay, we, yeah, I really want to do it, but you know what I mean? I also think for me, I um, for the first two books that I wrote, I didn't, other than my husband, no one knew. I had no pictures out there. I didn't tell my in-laws. I didn't tell anybody. Mm. And so when I finally put the picture there and I finally came out and was like, I write romance novels. And I finally told my in-laws, I felt like that was a bigger push because now I'm like, oh, everybody knows now. So I kind of really have to work hard and like make a go of this. Uh -huh. Like I can't just like do it willy nilly, you know? I have to actually work now. <laughs> And what was, what was people's, because I'm always intrigued, because my friends, I've said this before on podcasts, like my friends love, like I do all sorts of voiceover work, but they obsess about the romance and immediately talk about that whenever anyone new comes into the group or whatever, we're introduced to people or we're out at a party. Uh, so I'm always intrigued, like how, like family members, and then your, your now husband at the time you were dating, he knew that you were writing romance or were you just writing all sorts of genres? when I first actually when I first started writing when I first was writing in front of him so when I was younger I wrote more I like like a chiclet you know like kind mm. of funny because I'm kind of sarcastic so it kind of works for Say me what? <laughs> right? I never picked just, up on I that have that dry that. sense of humor mm. and then um <laughs> that didn't bode well because I wrote this like fake memoir about a party girl in New York City and my mom read it and she shouldn't have read it, okay? And she got really mad because it was written in first person, present tense, as if it was real. And she's, it sounded so real that she was like, I'm, you're, you're done, I'm taking your credit cards away from you. <laughs> she thought that I was doing everything in the book, and so I stopped writing for a while. And then I tried to write some thrillers because I love psychological thrillers, and I'm still writing one now. So, I mean, that might be up happening in the future, but. It wasn't until, I know this is so typical, it wasn't until Fifty Shades of Grey, right, came out and yeah. I watched the indie market explode that I actually sat down to write a, uh, you know, a romance type book. And I had always read romance, I just never really thought about the market and it being there. And so after that, you know, I started, but it's, you know, it's interesting how people handle it when you tell them you write romance novels. Yeah. So, you know, you have different people who say different things. I had one uh, friend of mine from my kid's school who had thought that I was standoffish because, you know, I was so in my own head writing these stories that I wasn't really talking that much when I would go to the school to pick up the kids. And finally, I told her I wrote romance novels and I gave her a book and she read it in one day, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> and it was called Illicit and it was a forbidden romance between a student and a uh, teacher. I mean, they were legal. They, she was 19. She was held uh, back. He was right out of college. So he was 23. But she came up to me in the school hallway and she goes, I gotta be honest. I liked you before, but you are a lot cooler now. And I was like, what? And she's like, I always thought you were like, you know, just maybe a little prude, but oh, you're not. <laughs> so that's one way that it works. Yeah. Then there's the the other side, right? So like when I told my in-laws, they were super cool about it. They were like, you know, very like, you know, they went and looked me up. They were very impressed, right? They were, they, they couldn't believe I had written that many books and hadn't mentioned it. They were very proud of me and they still are. My parents were very proud of me as well. So that was fine. My sister is my biggest supporter and reads all my books. And so is my mother. But then you have other people, right? And so you know, you go to these events and people, you know, word around town is, oh, you know, she writes romance novels and then they come up to you 
and they make comments mm -hmm. that are not always the greatest. They're, you know, some of them are kind of condescending, you know, like why romance? Why wouldn't you write something else? And, you know, like, right, and so something you just more like, worthwhile or more literary. Yes. And, you know, I have people say like, do people actually read your books? And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> thank you. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, they yeah. do. And you try to, you know, just keep a smile because you know that this is, you know, and sometimes I, you know, come back with the statistics of how many people read romance. It's like a billion dollar industry, mm -hmm. right? And obviously, you know, and then other times if I've had a couple glasses of champagne, I might come out snarkier. Oh, it's the weekend. <laughs> right? <I'm, laughs> I, try to, I try to always be, you know, lovely and respond nicely. Uh -huh. No, sometimes you've got to just give a little bit of a slap back. Uh, I, did, I remember one time saying something that I probably shouldn't have. I had had three glasses of champagne by that moment. <laughs> and I, you know, did say, yes, people buy my book and then said, right, but... You know, wasn't my prouder moment, but you know, sometimes it's it's hard. You know, you you hope that people support you. Yeah. At the same time, a lot don't. I mean, there's a stigma there. I mean, I love romance. I love the whole idea of it, and I love writing it, and I love reading it. So, I'm not gonna pretend that I don't. So, uh -huh. you know, I just you know how it I is. Think, I'm sure yeah, you get think, the same thing with you. Uh, I mean, like I said, my friends just fucking love it. Uh, they try and they've tried to put it on the Bluetooth speaker at parties and I've like nearly murdered them. Like they've found samples on Audible and they're like, suddenly my voice comes on saying something about, you know, her beautiful green eyes. And I'm like, what the, f you assholes. Uh, as much as I love my own work, I don't want it played through a Bluetooth speaker at a party. I can't um, even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but that's them, they're, they're assholes. And then, um, but yeah, no, I've, I've had that. I found that, not so much with the romance, but yeah, just in general, as it was more when I was an actor, uh, <laughs> certain ones used to drive me mad. And it used to be more in LA because, I mean, obviously the place is full of them. But, you know, you say you're an actor and you, you would kind of get like that, mm, oh, okay, kind of vibe. Um, but I would have people ask me, and this actually did happen in England too, uh, oh, you're an actor, okay, um, can you make a living doing that? And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, they were like, some guy, I think, once at a party asked me if I could make enough money to live off of, or if I, if I could pay the rent or something like that. It was just a really intimate like, question to me. Like, oh, that's so do you have like going money? up to like a, to, uh, going up to someone in an office job and being like, are you being paid minimum wage? Like, yeah. who says that? <laughs> I was just floored. And I've noticed it. And I've, I think personally, I found it, it was always more people who have the less idea they have of what, you do or what's possible i would say so for for my instance it's sort of people think actors well either i don't see you on television then i don't know then you obviously you have to eat at the soup kitchen right you know there's or you, <laughs> you wait tables all the time like you don't ever act so there's people didn't have any concept of like all of that um it changed when i was said i did voiceover i will say like when i did voiceover people seem to be they seem now to always be able to go oh okay cool oh, that's a great yeah no what they're really doing is googling you under the table and they're like oh wow he has 400 titles yes, who, knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows but yeah i think but i think the same with romance i think people for you it's like if they don't have a concept of it as well, well, they just... well the first question they always ask is who are you published by Oh, God, right okay. there and you're just oh right like yeah okay so then you know i you know, I have one pen name that was published with Harlequin. So I respond with that one, which, you know, mm. of course they think bodice rippers. And then I, you know, I'm published with Amazon Publishing and then I'm indie published and they're like, well, why wouldn't you? And then, you know, you come back with, sometimes you just smile and sometimes you come back with the statistics, right? Yeah. Exactly. So it's hard. <laughs> it's interesting, but I do think it's, yeah, there seems to be a lot more uh, information out there and a lot more understanding of the genre i was just interested with your husband as well like when it's when you got further into it you know in like how does that does it affect the relationship or is there any sort of conversation about because it's romance right or like any writing as it but especially romance so he, like has an intimacy he, to it so he will anywhere we go everybody pats him on his back and they're like oh you're married to a romance writer you must inspire a lot. And I'm like, 
secretly rolling my eyes, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And my husband always plays it up like, yes, everything's based on me. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> it's like, oh, really? <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, it affects our lives in different ways, right? Um, when I'm on deadline, I'm not necessarily easy, right? To mm -hmm. be around. Right. I, you know, you're, you're, you're stressed out. Uh, I'm, you know, I try, I try really hard. I have children. So I try really hard to only write and work from nine o'clock in the morning till three o'clock, you know, in the afternoon. And I try not to work on the weekends, but as you know, with social media in general, um, writing or, you know, being a, presence on social media is full-time so it, it you know sometimes it will affect us you know I try really hard to have it not affect our relationship but he's really supportive you know mm -hmm. and he likes to talk about plots because he's really into movies so he sees everything like a movie so he wants to talk about plot twists and sometimes his plot twists are ridiculous and sometimes they're fantastic. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, I will be the most hated author in the world if I do what you just said, but thank you. <laughs> Step back. <laughs> <laughs> but you are known for trying things that people say don't do that, like you're yes, people so or whatever. I am 100% known for doing things that are not the norm mm. in romance necessarily and trying to, you know, most most of the times you think of romance and it's happily ever after. It's funny. It's sweet. I tend to write romance that is perfectly imperfect, right? It's, you know, everybody's flawed and there's always an issue and you tend to need tissues when you read my books. You laugh too because I am very dry and sarcastic at the same time, right? But it, it definitely, things that happen in my books don't necessarily always happen, but I like to write true life, real life. And I hope that the people, like the book that we did together, you know, one of them, Intention, for example, yeah. deals with uh, very serious female issues. And I don't think that's really often talked about, but it didn't mean that she couldn't have her happily ever after, right? Yeah. It just meant that the road was a little bumpy. But do you think, well, because the road's always bumpy, but not in the, like, yours, do your, I'll ask you, because you can explain it better, like, do yours go down a sort of a more, darker realistic path in a way you know because there's yes. always bumps and conflicts in romance there's always like oh and she's she's run off because like he, she got the wrong end of the stick and she thinks that he's this and he's not or he didn't tell her this and he got divorced years ago but he he would thought she'd leave if he told you know there's always like something like that right yeah mine are more serious <laughs> yeah I'd mine are dar a little more... darker right yes um they're usually you know a lot of the times in romance, you have that like story arc, which is the couple together. And mine are more character arcs of the, you know, the characters finding, you know, peace within themselves or, you know, loving their own flaws or whatever it is. And it, it tends to lead to more of a realistic, dark approach. That's not to say, I mean, people loved intention because Nathaniel was so witty and funny and sarcastic and they laughed. But that's not to say that there wasn't, you know, real deep, you know, heart-wrenching issues in it. So I just try to convey them in a way that would be readable so it's not just so depressing, right? But yeah. I I always want something to be like learned from my stories, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. And sure. yeah, so it's a little bit different. I also will always write a book in like first person present tense at, so far. I mean, I might do past tense, but it's always first person and I write it in a way that most of the time my readers will say they felt that they were struggling the same struggle with the character. Like they felt, you know, that they identified with that character because of the struggle. Right. Which is sort of part of your, that's your, in, no pun intended, intention of yes. <laughs> your, <laughs> I'm not good enough to come up with that. That was pure by accident. Um, yeah, that's, that is your desire, right? That people, Go yes. along that journey. I feel like yeah, that with any writer. It's hard though. I want you to know it's hard because I'm. I feel like with plotting, I'm always like I have to like recreate the wheel. Like I'm like, oh my god, now what do I do? Mm. And so I'll sit on the phone with my one friend uh, Livia, who helps me plot books, and I'm like, oh, I already did that, and I already did that. Like, what am I trying to fix? What am I trying to heal? What am I trying to do? And she's like, you know, sometimes I feel like you're just like 
these are all the issues you have in your life trying to like <laughs> write books about it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm starting to feel that too. And I'm, it's kind of making me feel neurotic, right? Like, uh, do I have any uh, more issues? Can I touch upon any more of this crazy <laughs> I have inside my brain? Well, didn't you and get, so then, oh, go what? on. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, didn't you get, I don't know if you told me at the Sovas that you got a, a, a bit of pushback from, from viewers on, oh, listeners, sorry, on the deceit, wasn't it? With the lying? <laughs> I did. I did. I, I hadn't had did. too many champagnes at that point. I yeah, no, we had drank too much at that point. I was like, oh, deceit. <laughs> deceit is a, you know, it, it's, it, I point blank tell you right then and there, it's called deceit. Okay. Mm. The last sentence of the blurb is, he is a liar. Okay. The first sentence of the book basically tells you he's going to lie. And they get, you get through the whole book and he lies. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert, he lies. And then, she, you know, they, you know, whatever happens, she does something that is not necessarily typical in romance. You know, she breaks up with him and moves on with her life. And without saying spoilers, right? Mm -hmm. And I got a lot of pushback because <laughs> she wasn't supposed to do that. Mm. And you know, it, but for me, it's real life, right? So, real life is a guy lies to you, you break up with them. That's real life. If you uh -huh. choose to forgive them in the future, that's fine. That's your prerog prerogative. But uh, I don't, I don't write. You know, I write stories that I think will happen in real life. So, yes, even if they're a little bit over the top because they're all billionaires. Other than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Romance thing. has the most billionaires per capita <laughs> anywhere. It's and it's really hard to come up with new ideas for billionaires because I'm like, hotel mogul, done it. Tycoon, yeah. done it. Hedge fund billionaire, done it. Oh, what other job is there? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, I, I was, that was going to be my, one of my questions as well is how do you feel that there's a finite number of ideas uh that you have or do you just think that you just somehow they'll always kind of something's going to come and it always does so I, I you know i have a lot of ideas but they're not all romance right mm. so that's like the slippery slope of like do i write into another genre well you know not necessarily or maybe i will because ideas are always coming they're everywhere you don't even realize anything you say to me like we were you know when we were messaging before this we made a joke about something and i was and you're like the next book idea and i'm like really no actually it really is the next book idea thank you <laughs> right so it's you're everywhere welcome. there's nothing like there's nothing sacred when people talk to you you're you, you know you're, you're in your head cataloging it as something you could write down the future sorry it's true to every friend of mine who gets drunk at dinner, like I might happen to put that in a book. It's yeah. just the nature of the beast, right? It, it's not that I'm going to take the idea, it's that you've inspired me to write something. Right. And so I don't necessarily like, usually like right now, I just um, finished a book and I'm starting, you know, I'm writing a new book as we speak. Um, and, you know, I'm, st I'm thinking two books down the line and I already have that in my head. But then I was thinking to myself, well, what next? What, what do I do next? And the only thing I can tell myself is that this is, I think this is my, I'm about to release my 12th book, right? I think it's 12. It might be 11. I should probably count that on my fingers. We'll just give you 12. Yeah. We'll say 12. It's, just, it's, a nice, it's a nice round number. Right? So, and I think to myself, I've done it every other time. I've, I've come up with an idea. And the ideas come from, you have no idea. They come from the bartender who stood in front of my husband and I, and we were at, at drinks. And his name was Pierce. And I looked at him and I cocked my head and I said, Pierce, I'm writing a book about Pierce Lancaster. Thank you. And he, my husband was like, what? And I'm like, that's it. I just came up with the third brother. It's no longer two brothers. It's three. And I, the whole story came to me just looking at a bartender giving me a glass of champagne. You right. know, so you don't, you don't know. They just come. But it's hard. It is hard in certain aspects because you don't want to write the same story over and over again. Yeah, that's kind of my question with romance as well. Because yeah, because it's you wonder. I, I wonder. I'm like, how many formulas are there, or how many stories are there? And so, and I think it's not very hard for me because I don't want the same. Like I, I make it like you know I have such like specific story ideas that are mine and that I write about that are dark and emotional. Like I can't do them again. You know what yeah. I mean? Like 
you can't do the widower again, or yeah. can you, <laughs> right? Oh. Like, I don't know, you know, like, and how many years down the line could I go back to the widower? Like, is there like a rule of thumb? What do readers think? You know, I try not to let that affect me, but at the same time, I'm like, I've done a few, I've done, I think, two office romances. Can I go back there? Because I love office romances. I think they're fabulous, right? So, uh-huh. you know, like, what point can you come back? As, as long as the, you know, actual story is different, is that enough, you know? Yeah, I, I guess like with any creative job, there's always that eternal sort of questioning of oneself or, <clears throat> you know, when will the next, what will the next idea be? When will it come? It sounds to me, though, that you, it's, it's much a process of you may have moments of sort of, oh, well, where would I go after like the next book or two or whatever? But then even if you have moments of uh, like questioning maybe, or like, mm, I, who knows, something always comes into from the ether. Something always sort of pops up and- Yeah, luckily I've been- rolling. Luck- I've been lucky enough, right? That somebody has said something to spark an idea, ah. right? I'm lucky enough that so far, knock on wood, that has happened, right? I don't know what I'll do when it comes. I mean, for all you know, in like two years, I'll be like, hey, you know, Shane, remember how I said this? I'm wrong. I just bought a book on tropes. I have no idea what to write about. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it, but okay, well, we'll, we'll table that. Who knows? That's, that's, I doubt that will be the case, though. But um, I also wanted to ask you then on the subject of writing and imagination and stuff, because you told me on text, you were like, ask me anything. You're an open book. How, because I've never asked an author this, how do you go about writing like the sex scenes? Uh, oh, geez. You know, I gotta be <laughs> you, you said it. You opened that box. Because uh, some people also, some people don't write such, you know, there's a, a, a what's it? There's a pendulum of intensity, I think, or whatever. Well, like I will a- tell you, I don't think people realize this, but I'm very, very careful with how I write my sex scenes. Mm. I um, they're they're not two pages long, right? They're maybe one page. Uh, I have a certain word count that I try to keep it under. Mm. Uh, that's because my mother reads my books. <laughs> um, I actually, I, I I like to say that I I don't actually use specific words in my books. Uh, uh-huh. I have used one or two just because I've had uh, um, listeners, audio listeners, be like. You have to make Shane East say whatever the word is. And I'm so, so I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to throw in one C word just to hear Shane oh, say it. Oh, so, you know, on Twitter. Or like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not even kidding. In the last book I uh, wrote, there was no words that were overly graphic. Now, mm. of course, there was sex. And of course, it was, you know, 500 words of it. But it was done in a way that wasn't overly graphic. But yeah. you know, it's it's very sensual. I like to say my my sex scenes are very sensual. They're not graphic. They're sensual. But so you, there's a lot of, and it's very part. embarrassing to write them. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh, it is. Even though it's just you in your office. So the first person who will read it's actually hysterical. When you read my first draft, the first draft, uh, a lot of the times it will actually say in my first draft, insert sex here. interesting um the thing is is i i uh i dictate a lot right Uh um and so i will you know i spend a lot of the time as a mom like in my car and whatnot so i'm totally i don't know if you remember the movie troop beverly hills i am that author with the dick like with dictating on my phone while waiting for my child right and yeah it's it's you know it's so i just love the idea of you dictating a sex scene at waiting for your kids to pick them up for yeah it's horrible so a lot of the times if i'm like you know writing on the phone or if i'm you know dictating or if even when i'm writing with my kids in the room because if i'm you know somehow you know behind schedule and i have to write at home i won't write those scenes with them around because that's like I'm blushing. Yeah. And so I'll write insert sex scene here. And then eventually I have to go back and it is like it's very technical to write a sex scene. I, I don't think people realize that. That's you have my to make question. Sure works, right? You have to make sure it all works. And you're like, you know, trying to figure out like, okay. Would that so fit this, in there? I, no. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so it's kind of like awkward. So I, I usually will do that. Um I'll never forget though, I was writing 
one book. And uh, my friend Lee, who's just, you know, she beta reads all my books. She got one of the uh, insert sex scenes here. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so she gives me a message and she's like, well, it's like the final countdown. When are you planning to insert this sex scene? And I'm like, I can't do it. And she's like, this is what I want. When I'm reading your book right now, this is what I want. And she kind of like said to me like the type of scene that she wanted. And I was like, okay. And so I went out to dinner. It was a Friday night with my husband and we're sitting at the bar, you know, like at the bar, like lounge and I'm uh-huh. drinking champagne, surprise, surprise. And all of a sudden it hit me. It hit me the uh-huh. whole entire scene. And I looked up from the glass and I said, I'm going to write on my phone right now and you can't say anything and I'm so sorry and this is awful, but it hit me. And he's like, what? I'm like, I'll talk to you about it later. And so I wrote the whole entire scene on my phone in the notepad while he was drinking, like twiddling his thumbs, right? It took me, it took me maybe five minutes. I sent it to Lee and she's like, yes, this is what I wanted. And it was such a great scene. And maybe it was the alcohol. Maybe uh, it was, you know, the fact that I was out with my husband with no kids. And so I didn't feel the pressure of like little eyes looking at me. But it was a great scene. It was a great uh-huh. scene. So, you're, so it's not a case of, because I was wondering that once or twice. I thought, do, do they have to sit down and sort of plot like the course of how it's going to run, you know, this sex scene? Like what's, what do they want to get out of it? Like you said, yours are sent you like you know the sensuality of it rather than you know just kind of hardcore whatever but i'm i was intrigued as to like is there a formula or is it more like that you well it's it's five you know, the moment at a bar and you've just boom inspiration well, you know and but i have to know so i'm a plotter right so mm-hmm. there are people who are plotters and there are people who are pantsers and i need to what know what did you exactly say pantsers yeah so they that just fly with you know like they just go into the book without knowing what they're going to write and they just write the whole book. How do you can't spell that? Like that? What? How do you spell that? Pantsers? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, okay. Because okay. <laughs> I like these podcasts to be educational as well. And often I, do you know, I, I didn't even know what PNR was for a long time, even though I was doing it. P-A-N-S-T-E-R? No, Panzer. P-A-N-S-T-E-R. E-R, I don't know. Answer. Someone else. Okay. Someone Sounds else. like a German friend, phone and author. <laughs> I just never and heard that before, so I wonder what that was. And so, so yes. yeah, it, that's exactly. Um, I, I'm about to phone an author. I'm going to be like, how do you spell pantser? <laughs> <laughs> well, just people know you have plotters and you have pantsers, and that's something I didn't know before today. So I'm taking that away from this. This is great. Uh, and you are a plotter, so go on. As yes. So, so, you know, for me, I need to know what the, like, I call it the WTF moment, like the what the fuck moment that happens at the 70% mark. So I need to know what the big reveal is. I need to know what the 50% mark is, the 25% mark. I need to know what's going to happen, what the motivation is. I need a a short sentence for each chapter I'm going to write before I can sit down and write it. Mm. So when I go into the sex scene, I know why I'm doing it. I know why they're doing it. I know what right. we've led up to. I'm not just sitting there going, and now they should have sex, right? Like it's, it's thought out. I know what the motivation is. Like this is like, like you know, an intention. I again, we're gonna go back to that because you were there with me, re- uh-huh. you know, reading it. Um, I knew that they had this like sexual chemistry that was like building, 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 and they hated each other, you know. <laughs> and he was basically blackmailing her at that point, mm-hmm. and I knew that it was building. And so, what kind of what does that lead to? that leads to um like that leads to like angry like hate you sex Mm, yeah right like that's what you would get so you know it was pretty easy to write that scene right because i knew exactly where i was going with it so i was able to sit down and i mean there was the difficulties of being like now think british you you have to say it in a british accent everything has to be british and seeing as i'm not right Uh (laughs) that was that i had to think about but I actually have oh. really good, I have really good beta readers who are British and help me. So I send that to them and I'm like, is this enough? Right. Yeah. Is this, a, yeah. what, because are, are British people more no, <laughs> but, reserved? No, and... how you would talk dirty would be different than an American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah, I guess. I don't, I just I don't want to time out and say phone a friend, phone an author. It's 
P-A-N-T-S-E-R. <laughs> P-A-N-T-S-E-R. Pantser. Is that an actual word or is that like a an author word that you guys... I think it's an author word, but I just phoned a friend. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good to know. Um, yeah, there's a meme that goes around that's like something about British people having sex and it's sort of, you know... Oh, thank you. That was quite nice. Goodbye. Like, I don't know. There was just like something I was like, oh, fuck off. I think I think that, you know, um, I don't, but there's no difference between a British person and an American. <laughs> well, some people are talkers and some people aren't, I think like full stop, isn't it? So I think that maybe it's just maybe the word you would say, you know, during yes. it. Like, Probably. You know? I yeah, mean, yeah, maybe, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Is think that <laughs> I'm blushing uh, now. Oh, <laughs> you said I was talk about anything. Uh, <laughs> I would say I'm not going to go too personal, but yeah, I would say um, uh, my experience in America is that there's more <laughs> there's more talking. <laughs> than, uh, I would say Americans like to talk when they have sex, and British people don't. There. I think Americans like to talk in general. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I agree. You know, I I studied abroad in. Uh, in London. Oh yeah, of course you did. So yeah, there you go. Yes, yeah, so four months. So I will tell you that there are Americans who like to talk. Mm. We like to talk, and it's it's, <laughs> it's a different energy level. Yeah, and you know, and that transfers over into the boudoir. Uh, I'm sure more than it does with uh, British people, um, which is to say though that I don't think British people are sort of because mm, mm. yeah, <laughs> my friends take the piss. Like, oh yeah. So anyway, so good. It's good to know that you're a plotter, but also that you write sex scenes uh at bar <laughs> at, at a bar when the inspiration hits you i was just i've just always been curious and i'll probably ask other authors how they do it so um that fascinates me um now moving on from that oh we said about oh yeah talking about intention now and this is no disrespect to anyone else in the category but <laughs> ava and i and andy were robbed at the sovas awards <laughs> uh robbed we were robbed, robbed. we were uh and xc sands who was the narrator who won um in that category with her book which i don't know that book it was a historical romance i think uh is wonderful and amazing i've listened to her plenty of times she's incredible you know, that's what i heard i heard she's wonderful i i heard she's amazing she is phenomenal uh, but as yeah. the politically correct thing we have to say, we're so happy to be nominated. <laughs> we were very happy to be nominated. I uh, would like to win. Um, I was just intrigued what you thought of that whole, that category anyway, because the one that won was, I found this odd for myself. The, the one that won, that XE uh, narrated fantastically, was the, um, I don't know the name of it, but it was very much a historical romance, I think, that was very chaste. And it was in... That was her words in in the acceptance speech for anyone who wasn't there. It was that um, there was literally about like a you know no more than this kind of thing. Yeah. So, but this category was romance and erotica. Yeah, I thought that I actually found that fascinating as well because she did say that it was, and then I I know that it, I, you know it was a kiss, and um, I think that maybe it, like it would be more beneficial to have m more categories because I feel like we are all lumped into one. Yeah. Um, and so it's like kind an of actual like, historical romance only section. Yeah, you know, I mean, there was categories, 72 of them. <laughs> there were a lot of categories. Ladies there were, and, and there were a lot of devi like deviations on those categories, right? Mm. But it was just romance and erotica. And you know what? I thought that it was a wonderful event and I was so happy to go and I was so happy to be with you and Andy. And yeah. I mean, we had a piss up. It was really fun. It was wonderful. And I, <laughs> I would never, you know, I really, really, I was so happy that I decided to go regardless of winning or losing, right? It was amazing yeah. just to have the book nominated because, you know, it just shows how wonderful you guys, I mean, I was telling everybody just how amazing you guys were with conveying the emotions that I had written. And that book means so much to me, you know, the story of, yeah. you know, intention just means so much to me that it was amazing for that to be the one that was, you know, um, nominated, mm -hmm. but I did find it to be kind of like, there should have been maybe like a difference, like, you know, you know, a difference between like, you know, I, I don't want to say, I feel like that's more of, um, contemporary fiction, uh, women's fiction mm -hmm. versus romance. Right. And 
a women's fiction book maybe should have their own category maybe in the future. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'd have to listen or like, yeah, uh, read the book to know what the cat, if it was really, I just know from what she had said that it was very tame. Yes. So I thought it was odd to put a tame book with an erotic novel because I know in the past, some of the books have been very erotic that have been nominated. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, and it, well, I'm and not it made sure. me Maybe it needs to be like you know, there's so many different categories within romance to begin with, right? You know, maybe I wouldn't have actually put personally, I wouldn't have done romance and erotica together. No, erotica is different than romance, erotic novels, right? They're different. So I would think that if they were going to expand on that award, I would do maybe women's fiction, romance. Sorry, women's fiction alone, romance alone, and erotica alone. Yes. Which is, there's so many talented narrators and so many wonderful books, but I don't think that you know necessarily my books would be classified correctly with a a book that's a you know more erotic because I think that the listeners and readers are so are going to be so sorely upset. Sorry, there's a FaceTime oh. coming in and <laughs> go away. I don't know who you are. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think that. Um, that is a situation where you, you know, I feel like sometimes when they're nominated together, it's kind of like we're all the same, but we're not. No. And I think because I don't know if it's maybe a, sort of a, a product also of the explosion of indie publishing and the romance genre as a whole, that it doesn't. Yeah, I took that away from that award ceremony where I was like, I don't think it doesn't fit to put all of those or to put that type of book together with what we had or you know some other people had in that category and um i agree however you want to label it to my mind because i maybe don't know that the all the other genres like you say women's fiction um to me i don't really know what that means so much but as far as romance goes i always think of historical romance is really quite different although it can be quite saucy but historical romance contemporary romance covers what we do um to my mind uh, yes. and then erotica is kind of you know way more into well it's all about the story it's all about what the story arc is right and like what's what what is the motivation of the story and it's you know how they get to know each other as characters yeah and, and fall in love right is it through sex or is it through you know and i you know i just and i think that that's also narrated differently right i think that you know, these, listen, I love working with narrators and I love thinking about the, who the narrators are before I write my book specifically. They're such talented people and they should have their own categories for what their specialty is, not be lumped together necessarily, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's good except um, Joe Arden. Uh, right? I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, actually, I, you know, I, I've, I've actually have him in one of my um, audios, and he is wonderful. <laughs> but oh, I do love. Him. Yeah. Such a I always give him <laughs> shit. I always give him a hard time. We do actually like each other, but on Twitter, you know what? We... I love going on Twitter and reading. I think you <laughs> posted one where you congratulated him, and you're like. Yeah, he's, I can't remember, I said, so, oh, I said, no, I said working on, because we got best, uh, best cast or something, like one of the top five, like best Instant cast. gratification, right? By Instant gratification, yeah, with, uh, yeah. for Lauren, and then he was on that, and I said, that's wonderful, except my experience of having to work with him, and then he wrote, thanks, buddy, brother, we're friends now, and then I memed back, like, yeah, we're best friends, right? Yeah. And he said, I think so. So, no, we're great. We, I always, I have a great time with him. I just, I like this sort of um, uh, giving him shit and vice versa uh, thing. So I actually think it's <laughs> wonderful. And I think that the, the listeners, like, it just shows some, some of your personality, right? So right now as a listener of your, the books you narrate, I just know the personality of the characters that you portray. But to see you guys bantering on, on Twitter, it's the same way that the reason that we banter on Facebook or Twitter or you know, whatever yeah. it is with all, right? I, we want the readers to see who we really are and our, the way that we are. And I think it's just such a, the, the banter that you and Joe have is just, it's just classic. It's awesome. <laughs> I think, no, it's, it, that's what I like about romance as well. It's sort of, you can, I think I've said that before elsewhere is that, yeah, there's a freedom to just have a laugh and, you know, you know people are looking for, you know, your personality behind 
the work or the so-called sexy voice or the whatever it is that you do or the sexy writing um and people love kind of latching onto that and getting a feel for you beyond that which is is really nice in romance and it's no holds barred in that sort of genre yeah. you don't have to be too pc i don't have to be you know too actory which i'm not necessarily but you know it's just a different professional image sometimes and in romance you can just kind of be a bit more loose and yeah you 100 percent. it's it's fun you know yeah it's, which yeah, i love that as a narrator that's what's kind of gone for made me go further into it but um i have a couple more questions before we go because i think we're nearing an hour and i don't want to can't take up any more of your time um but listen i listened to your other podcast with vanessa fewings um, yeah. that you've done that's out there which is very much it's a good one for authors who are interested in kindle unlimited yes. correct yes so you can google that if you are you know maybe an indie author or just interested in that um but taking away from that i was i listened to you and i was like oh and i think i thought this anyway i was like she's very business savvy um <laughs> but also because you had a marketing company i was like oh okay and it's the same with lauren blakely when i talked to her i was like oh she's very up on just the business side of it not just the being you know an artist and creating stuff um and i know as an actor that it, it kind of cuts both ways because some actors are very business savvy and some aren't i mean some of my friends are wonderful actors and just seem like clueless on a lot of other things but <laughs> <laughs> to do with that like promotion and business and everything but I'm wondering from your point of view since you now have this great success it's sort of are you what do you put most is it is the being business savvy more equal or slightly less than the actual sort of creativity and the natural writing it's, talent it's, I, you know the business part is such a large component mm. honestly um writing the book in the grand scheme of things is just like a tiny piece of the puzzle. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, listen, creativity wise, like, you know, I bleed my soul. I mean, you've read my books. I've, I bleed mm. my books, right. I put every single emotion I can possibly convey into my books, but I spend more time marketing my books. I spend more time on the business side than I do writing. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, because there's just, you know, the market constantly changes. Everything is changing. You know, I mean, when I first started, audio was just a blip, right? It, had, it was just getting its legs. And now I consider audio to be one of the biggest components when I'm writing my books. I'm always thinking now. And it's been this way for the last, um, I'd say for one year, for the last like four novels I've written, I write them with the idea that they're being made into audio. So I change the way I wrote them. Right. To because make of that. audio. Because of audio. I change the way I write books. I change the way I plot books. I change the way I edit my books. I changed everything because of audio. And that's just another thing, being ahead of the curve and seeing what what audio is becoming and knowing it's just gonna it's just gonna keep growing, you know? Uh -huh. It's just gonna get larger and larger, which is exciting for you guys, right? But it did change <laughs> everything. I you know I mean, I write books and, you know, I just wrote a book. Uh, it's coming out in a month, right? And I had to write that book months ahead of time, not because of anything other than narration. That was it. I wrote that book and finished that book and sent it to the narrators in November 1st, right? But right. it didn't, it's not coming out till mid-January, yes. months later, because that's, that is such a large component. So I think the business side is being able to see what's next. And, you know, in the end of the day, as an indie author, everything falls on us, right? We have to market, we have to sell it, we have to produce it, we have to find editors. And I have a very great team with me, you know, that I use, but... Mm. It's a, it, that's the full-time job, right? I mean, writing is, for me, writing is not as much of a full-time job because I write three books a year. I write them, you know, I write a few thousand words a day, Monday through Friday, you know, very, it's uh -huh. the other component that is such a large component of being an author because I have to do it myself. Right. So it is almost like you have to, it's, it's kind of like acting. It's sort of, you can have that uh, natural talent and come up with some great stories but if you don't have the sort of the savvy and the wherewithal to you know get in line with what's happening what's moving a hundred percent there's so many times I read a book and I'm like this is the best book I've read 
in months. Why didn't it do better? Why didn't it? Mm. And then you look at the cover and you look at the this and you look at that and you, you, you're like, why didn't I even know? I just stumbled upon this book. Is it on audio? And you look at it and it's so in the end of the day, you know, listen, if, you know, if you want to make it a career, it's a career, it's full time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's fine to write a book and, and do it as a hobby. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I did it for years. For years, I, hobby, I was writing as a hobby. But when I made the decision to come out as Ava, right, mm-hmm. and show my face and tell people I did this and make it a, a full-time career, I had to change everything, right? I had to always look for trends and, you know, see what was new and out there and how I could find a new audience and grow. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's what I uh, have learned from from working with you guys. Anyway, but just how you know successful people are very uh, indie authors, especially, are very on it, and and also because I've heard sort of stories from authors of how publishers have taken something and done nothing with it, and it's just yeah. sort of gone flat because no promotion, nothing. You know, that's the hard part, right? Is listen, I. Uh, of course, would love to, you know, do everything, right? I'd like to sell traditional. I'd like to do indie. I'd like to do a lot of things. But, I, you know, as an indie author, I have full control. And mm-hmm. so what makes a book successful, it, lo- it falls on my shoulders, right? Yeah. And so it makes it a full time. <laughs> well, yeah. Then, of- so you have to have be able to pick up the baton and do that side of the business. Otherwise, you have this great book, great story, but if it's not marketed right, if the cover's not right, if it doesn't get out there in the right way, it, who the fuck's gonna be able to listen to it or read it, unless by chance. And it's, and it's so disheartening when you don't do it right, right? Because mm. you, again, you know, I, I can't speak for everybody, but all I can tell you is the authors I know, and I know so many wonderful indie authors and so many right, wonderful traditional authors, we do bleed our souls into these books, right? Mm. And for us to, 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 when to find out that something's not done correctly by somebody or whatever, or if you don't do it correctly for yourself yes. and not to, have, not to have the readers read it, right? It's just, it's so disheartening because you know what you put into that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, very true. And I've, re- I've read some good ones that people have wanted to try and publish, but then like uh, they've just not ended up doing it or they've kind of maybe chickened out of doing the audio, but it's probably been a good thing because they've also not, I've realized later down the line, I was like, they didn't have the setup or the idea like to market it and stuff. And it's going to be a big expense. And it's just sort of, you know, it's a good book. It will just disappear. A hundred percent. Like I, my first book that I published, I went about the whole ACX loading it. I actually uh, met the narrator who I was supposed to work with at the Sovas and I didn't, I didn't produce it. I didn't. Um, why didn't I not produce it? Well, because of many reasons. At the time, it was my first book. The financial, like it, it, it is expensive, right, to produce yeah. your own books. And I just didn't have the sh- infrastructure, right, mm. to do what it needed to do. So I didn't do it at the time. And it yeah. took me a while to understand how to do it properly and to know that it is such a large component and to, and to not, you know, I hate to say it, like screw it up, right? You don't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, it is, I mean, a lot of people necessarily, you know, don't have, don't know how to do it properly, but there's so many great resources now. Oh my God. Mm. When I started, they didn't have all these great groups on Facebook. There's wonderful groups on Facebook that can really help, you know, you know, even yeah, that is a huge narrators, like oral fixation. Like, you know, you have a question about narrators, they'll go in and they'll jump in. <laughs> they'll ask you ages, what the voice sounds like, what the state is. They'll come up with a whole list of narrators for you. Oh, I know. I have some people on Twitter who have, I, I don't know if it's her name, if it's Susie or if it's one of the other ones. There's a few who are very prolific on Twitter and you guys are great if you're listening. You're lovely. Uh, and one of them, she's probably going to tweet when she he- hears this, uh, has like a barcoding system for what she's listened to, who's doing wow. what or something like there's a whole system. So if it is you, Susie, or if it's one of uh, someone else, then just tweet <laughs> and tag us. Probably, it's probably 
And they also have a, a group for you in Facebook now. You know that, right? I I, I heard it, it only just started. There was about eight people in it when I when it, but I was told it was small but growing and mighty. It, uh, it, I know somebody <laughs> invited me into it, and I was like, you know, I, I haven't. I actually just I was I have been sick, obviously, so I haven't. I saw the notification like you've been invited to join this group, and I was like on my deathbed dying, right? <laughs> and so I didn't join it, but then I was I was looking at it, and I was like, this is so funny. I'm like, I have to ask Shane if he knows that he has a group dedicated to loving his work <laughs> it's very it's very flattering and i didn't i didn't know until something was going on and then yeah viviana was in the the twitter thing as well and then i was like what are you what are you talking about and then what are you talking about and then um <laughs> i was told oh there's a group for you and then a, a link and i was like oh it's like wow but uh yeah very flattering very flattering very very nice of people um, and now to finish up, what's uh, what's on the horizon? So people, I am excited to release. Uh, you know, it, Conceal is. Um, I have a new book coming out in January nineteen. And you love a one-word title. I do. I actually, I just want you to know, and I'll be calling you soon to talk about book three in the next series that I want you to narrate. Obviously, because I'm thinking ahead. I'm actually okay. doing a two-word title next. My, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to deviate. And like branch into a whole new world with two words, but yes. Yeah, so oh, let me just pick myself up off the floor. Hold on. I know, I know, it's, it's crazy. I'm really shaking. <laughs> things, but, um, but conceal is um, so we had talked about deceit. Mm. Deceit is Addison Price, and then entice, which was narrated by uh, Virginia Rose and, and Sebastian York, was entice, and that was uh, the brother. And then conceal is. The youngest brother. All of the books are written as standalones. There's no spoilers. There's uh, nothing to tell you the plot of another book. You can read them in any order. But Conceal is the youngest brother, and it's narrated by Zachary Weber and Andy Art. And I am so, 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 so excited because I listened to it, and it is fantastic. And that was one of the reasons that I wrote the book so early because of scheduling. Yes. I needed to get it to Andy and Zach, like a million years ago, I swear. <laughs> Busy people. Right? Yeah, really. And, you know, but they're so worth it. And so, you know, that releases simultaneously. So the audio will go live with the ebook within a few days and the paperback. Right. And then I'm, you know, writing another book. And I already hired my narrators who I can't say because it's a surprise, oh. but it's fantastic. I probably told you at the Sovas while I was there because one of the, the, the female narrator was actually there with us. Uh -huh. And I was like, I know we totally did talk about it because yeah, yeah, I told we her voice, her voice sounded like springtime mm -hmm. and you made fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a light banter, I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me what springtime sounds like and I pointed to her. I'm such it's an asshole. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Just finishing that book, you know, so that I can get it to them and edited in time. And so, when know, the just, one with Andy and Zach is, you said it's conceal, 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 and that comes out in January nineteenth. Yeah, January nineteenth. Oh, okay. So something to pick you up after the, you know, Christmas festivities when we get like the January blues or something. Is that thing? Yes, and you know, this one's really kind of. Suspenseful. Not that I mean, my all of my books are a little dark, right? But this one's like suspenseful and dark. Oh, good, <laughs> and, yeah. good, yeah, for January. And then the other one, which we can't talk about, with the girl whose voice sounds like springtime. When's that? Is that for spring? Sometime, <laughs> ironically, is that for release? Ironically, <laughs> I'm actually I I haven't done an actual official date, but my my guess would be April or okay. May, right? Uh, no, April. It'll be April. Um. Springtime, just in time for spring. Mm, well, her voice and, is perfect for it. Her voice is perfect. <laughs> and it's a, it's a tour title. I know. Crazy. <laughs> and I know this sounds weird, but it's actually darker. It's, you know. <laughs> oh. Can I get much darker than my darkness? I don't know, but I'm going to try. I, yeah, we'll see. And is that the one you're saying that I would be working with you on, or is that a different one altogether? You're going to be working on one of the books in that series. In I, that I do series. like it how I didn't give you one. I do like how I didn't give you a choice. I, I said you <laughs> at gunpoint. You weren't allowed to bow out. I, I you know, I, I, I never forget the time I got an email that your schedule was. Um, I think my New York just popped out on that one, 
it actually sounded like I was from New York again. Um, my uh, schedule, schedule had, um, had like was a little bit backed up and you know, you weren't sure if you could do it. And I was like, I don't care. I'm not changing the narrator. I'm not doing anything. I will wait for him. And you're like, oh, Okay. That's very, yes, I do remember that. And that's always very flattering and very nice that people... Well, because I write my books with the narrators in mind. Right. So, you know, not anybody can just, you know, pick up the, oh, pick up the role. That's nice. So that's why you don't have a choice. You've, you've committed I'm to in. me. All, I'm in. All the listeners now know that sometime in 2020 or 2021, you're doing another <laughs> So that's no, a big, <laughs> but I will. I am committed with a good heads up. We will a hundred percent make it happen. It'll be great. <laughs> Yours is one of the books I would. No, there there are lots of authors that I absolutely will always. I move hell and high water to to make happen to do the job. So uh, we are on that level, which is lovely to have that relationship. So on that lovely note. Uh, <laughs> Now that I've, I've like threatened your life, but you know, no big deal. <laughs> Lisa, you said you get dark. So like, let's go there. Um, it's been lovely talking to you. Um, so I just want to say thank you very much for giving thank us Thank you so much for having time. me. Um, and just to close out uh, this episode, um, I just have to say a couple of things, <laughs> which are that I hope you've enjoyed this episode of uh, Audiobook Loving Podcast. Uh, and you can follow us on social media platforms and you can also subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. And also don't forget that I'm still doing this or that, um, those questions, that game that is apparently popular. Um, I don't know if you know about that, Ava. Oh, I do. Oh, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so you can send those in to Viviana and we'll be doing some more of those in the new year. So Merry Christmas, Ava. I hope you have a lovely festive period a lovely time off happy holidays and have a wonderful new year and i hope to speak to you soon absolutely and thanks for listening thank you for joining us on shane east meets an audiobook loving podcast special series brought to you by viviana enchantress of books for links and more info about today's episode or the audiobook loving series visit viviana enchantress of and please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast if, and I really hope you did, you enjoyed today's episode.